So after talking about all of this, the fact that alcohol is literally a class one carcinogen, I literally think it's like hilarious. Like why is alcohol such a social and emotional crutch for so many people? Hello, and welcome to The Skull to Elevate the Soul, a personal development podcast where I share my experiences, life lessons, and intuitive messages to guide you to live lighter, brighter, and in accordance to your soul. I am your podcast host, Ashley Hoke, the founder of Energy Works by Ashley, LLC, a level three Reiki master and yoga teacher and an ICU nurse here on a mission to help raise the collective consciousness. So this week's episode is on sobriety, and we're going to be talking about my journey with realizing that alcohol is not for me, how it affected my emotional and physical health, my well-being, my motivation motivation and help me do the opposite of reach my full potential. Or in other words, how alcohol kept me mediocre and distracted me from fulfilling my health and my life goals. We will also cover in this podcast how not everyone has to have a moderation problem, get angry, or struggle with alcoholism to choose to eliminate it from their diet. We will touch upon the different health, physical, and emotional benefits of eliminating alcohol from your social habits, and we'll ponder on the topic of why alcohol is such a social and emotional crutch for so many people. Lastly, we will go through a bunch of tips to eliminate alcohol and how to get comfortable with yourself enough to stay in social settings sober. My intention with this podcast is not to convince you into sobriety, but to help bring awareness to how alcohol may be affecting you and for you to determine by yourself if that's something that you want in your life, as well as give you some tips to eliminate it if you do feel called to. I've had so many people come to me and say, I've always felt called to eliminate alcohol, but I just don't know how to. And so that's why I'm here is not to convince you or judge you for drinking alcohol. I have so many friends and family that drink all the time and I do not judge. I also support it. Whatever is best for your body is best for your body, but I want to help guide you to not drink if that's what you're feeling called to do. Okay, so first I will welcome you guys back to this podcast for whatever reason you felt called to this specific podcast. I want to congratulate you if you're already on your sobriety journey, thinking about it or just looking for information or people to resonate with on this topic. First things first is to step into my journey with realizing that alcohol was not for me. I will preface, I've never struggled with addiction or dependency, but that's not to dismiss those that have. And I want to emphasize the point that not everyone has to have a moderation problem, get angry or struggle with alcoholism to choose to eliminate it from their diet. Some people simply just don't resonate with the effects from alcohol that it has on their body. So I started drinking pretty young. I would say around 15. I was always at my friend's house who had older brothers that would have parties. So we would drink with them. We would sneak alcohol and run back up to her room. We obviously loved the feeling of being altered and silly and loose, etc, etc. So in high school, we continued to party all the way into college. I didn't drink that much. Like I didn't drink every weekend, nothing like that. But I pretty much have the same story as everyone else have. Like we grow up in alcohol so normalized in our society. So in college, it's pretty much expected for you to go out every single weekend and party. I was in nursing school. I worked every weekend. I played softball, but I would still go out, sleep two hours, and then go to work. Like, how is that good for your body? (laughs) Freshman year of college, I got very, very, very depressed. I started seeing a therapist because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know why I was feeling depressed. I didn't know what was going on with me emotionally. So I started seeing a therapist and she told me to keep a daily diary of my emotions. Basically, the purpose of doing this was to see how it correlated with my weekend drinking at the same time. So I got on antidepressants to manage my depression and anxiety. So around the same time I started keeping that journal, I also got onto antidepressants to manage my depression and anxiety. I didn't do a perfect diary, probably because I didn't want to stop partying at the time. But anytime I did keep the diary, I noticed that my worst emotional days were typically Sundays, Mondays, and sometimes Tuesdays. Then Wednesdays, I would always start to feel better. I would get really motivated. I would hit the 
the gym, I would start planning different activities outside. I would start reading. I would meditate again. I would go to yoga. Thursdays and Fridays, I was always feeling good. Then I'd go out Friday. I'd go out Saturday. And we were right back to me Sunday feeling dead and Monday and Tuesday being sad and unmotivated. And it was like every single week, it was so redundant. It took me years to realize the pattern. So junior year of college, I got into yoga and meditation fully. I didn't even realize at the time, but my junior year was also the time that I started ditching all of my friends all of the time. I would say like 80% of the time, not meaning to obviously, but I would make plans for the weekend and then on the weekend would come and I would go ghost or I would just sleep to avoid telling them I didn't want to go. Or I would tell them I wasn't feeling good. And then if I did end up going, I would go out and then I would disappear from the party and go home early. I was literally so over the party life, but I didn't know it at the time. And I couldn't explain to them or even realize myself why I didn't want to go, why I did this every single weekend. And then I would see them and I'd apologize and I'd be like, I won't do it again. I'm sorry. Next time I'll come. I promise next time I'll come out X, Y, and Z. And then I would do it again. But I didn't realize subconsciously at the time, I did not want to party. I did not want to go out, get drunk, and then feel like crap for the next three days. Like that's just literally not what I wanted to do. So I was just over it. So fast forward, I graduated college and I started going through different periods of sobriety. I began to choose not to drink. So I went on a yoga teacher training in June of 2021. And then it followed up with July of 2021. I decided that I wanted to go sober. I didn't know how long at the time I just decided I didn't want to drink. And then I decided to break it for my birthday. So I was sober for three months and then I drank on my birthday and then I decided to go sober again. And then I broke it again for a celebration purposes when I moved to California. And then I was sober again for six months. And then I decided to break it whenever I met my spiritual group friends in Asheville for the first time. And then after that, I was sober for six more months and I decided to break it January, 2023 to celebrate meeting a girlfriend basically. So all of these times I was extremely intentional with what I wanted to drink, that being tequila, how much I wanted to have two drinks. And I planned weeks ahead, knowing that I was signing up to feel crappy the next day to possibly feel crappy for two days, whatever it was, simply as a test to see how I would feel or if I wanted to introduce alcohol permanently again. So basically when I was alcohol free, I felt wonderful. I was going to yoga frequently. I was hiking. I was beach days, nature days, free flowing movement, reading more. I was meditating more. I was listening to more podcasts. I was lit the hell up with inspiration, motivation. I got control of my mental health. I got off all my antidepressants, got off my ADHD medication, literally I'm medication free now. And I was on medication for four years for anxiety and depression in college. So I got back to a healthy weight without restriction. I have minimal to no anxiety. I'm able to focus and I truly rate all areas of my life and eight out of 10 or higher. I don't know if anyone listening can really actually truly rate all areas of their life at eight out of 10 or higher, but I swear to God, the reason why I can is because I'm sober. That's the core reason. I don't think I would have been able to achieve anything that I've achieved in this last year without being sober at the end of the day. The only time I'm ever slightly emotional or lower energy is right before my period. And if something energetically comes up to be released, but I'm always truly stable now. And I cannot say that before, like before I got fully sober, before I stopped drinking socially, that's all I drink. I didn't drink that much. I only went on the weekends and then I drank on the weekends and I would be sober afterwards. But still at the end of the day, I was struggling emotionally and physically because of alcohol. So the only time I'm ever slightly emotional or lower energy is right before my period now, or if something energetically comes up to be released. So like life shit happens in life, right? Like things come up, emotions come up to be released, but I know when things come up that's out of the normal, that it's temporary and that it's going to be released. And then the next day I'm completely fine. I will take days off to be lazy. I will take days off to be, to sit in my feelings, whatever it is, but I never struggle emotionally because I'm simply aware that everything is temporary. So I think 
of the day, like you are a product of your environment. So it stopped me from achieving my goals. I kind of went into this before, but anytime I would drink and go out, I would basically out for multiple days. I would have no motivation. I had no energy to fulfill my goals. I was super sensitive and empathetic. And so going out into the social settings with other people while drinking alcohol lowers my vibration and made me way more susceptible to lower vibrational emotions of people that are intoxicated. We are all a product of our environment. So going into these settings while ingesting alcohol kept me mediocre and distracted me from fulfilling my health and life goals. And I'll tell you why. When I was drinking, I never achieved any of my New Year's resolutions. I always found myself right back where I was at the beginning of the year that I was at the end or slightly ahead, but not reaching anywhere near my full potential. My first year of sobriety, minus the two days that I decided to drink, I achieved more in my spiritual, physical, and healing journey than I have ever before. I became aware of my emotional triggers. I healed them. I became aware of what stopped me from reaching my goals health-wise and healed them. I became aware of my deeper purpose in life and in my career and started to take action to shift my career that way. I read more books. I listened to more podcasts. I was able to have more space for my loved ones than ever before. I realized that because I was so empathetic when I would go out, I would be around all these people. I would be emotionally exhausted for dates. Now that I'm sober, I can go out in the next day, up in the morning, I'm going to yoga. I'm motivated. You know, I go out, I do a drink, I get in bed at night. Even if it's at 7 a.m., I'm sleeping my six, seven hours and I wake up and I'm energized. And that's it. So we will touch upon the different health, physical, and emotional benefits of eliminating alcohol from your social habits. But first we have to go into the pathophysiology of why alcohol is so bad for you. So health-wise, it's actually a group one carcinogen, which is the highest risk group. and also includes asbestos, radiation, and other toxins that are directly correlated to cancer in the body. So it damages, alcohol damages our DNA and stops our cells from repairing the damage. So this can allow cancerous cells to grow, which is why so many people that drink alcohol end up with liver cancer and other cancers in the body because your body cannot repair itself. It also affects our hormones and estrogen specifically. So if you have hormonal problems, hormonal imbalances, alcohol is making it worse, which estrogen in specific, even for men, tells our cells to divide and grow. So when you drink alcohol, your hormone levels shoot up for estrogen, which tells our cells to divide and grow. And then it gives them an opportunity to divide and grow wrong, basically, because the alcohol is in there damaging the DNA. The alcohol is also damaging the communication between the DNA to repair the damage that's occurred. So therefore, cancer is created. Alcohol also decreases your absorption of vitamin A, C, D, and E, and folate, which helps prevent cancer. One of my biggest, 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 biggest points on alcohol is that it actually destroys and kills the good bacteria in your stomach. I'm all about gut health. Like gut health is so absolutely important for immunity, for your emotional stability, and for just feeling good. If your gut health is bad, you probably feel like crap. You probably feel inflamed. You probably feel emotionally unstable. You feel large, you feel fat, you feel slow, sluggish, tired, all of that. So at the end of the day, alcohol destroys the good bacteria, which the good bacteria kills the bad bacteria. So it creates an imbalance of good and bad bacteria. And the gut is where 95% of our serotonin is produced. So it's directly correlated, serotonin production is directly correlated to our emotional health. Serotonin literally helps us experience happiness and regulate anxiety. So if you think about it, because alcohol is destroying your gut health, which is where the 
serotonin exists and is created, only five to 10% is created in our brain. So if you're destroying your gut health, then you're destroying your happiness at the end of the day. And last point of the gut health balance aspect of alcohol is alcohol increases acid production in the stomach. So it creates a higher risk of GI bleeds and ulcers. And I see this time and time again in the ICU. So many alcoholics come in all of the time with critical GI bleeds and some of them end up dying. A lot of them end up dying. We give blood transfusions, 12 to 14 packet of blood cells to basically combat how much blood that they have lost due to the GI bleed. And just a few other side notes of alcohol and little fun facts here. So basically what quitting alcohol can physically help you with will help lower your blood sugar. It will help lower your blood pressure, decrease headaches, decrease heartburn, decrease indigestion, increase your sleep because alcohol disrupts your REM cycle. It'll help decrease your risk for cardiovascular disease and cancer and help with weight loss because alcohol is high in sugar, high in calories and increasing inflammation in your body. So if you struggle with weight, the first thing you can do is decrease alcohol. I have lost so much weight from decreasing alcohol in itself that I don't even have to worry that much about food. I eat very, very healthy, but it's not restriction. It's just balance. And I don't have to like restrict as much as I had to when I drank. So, and the last little point is my emotional piece, which I'm so passionate about as well, is alcohol is a depressant. So except for the tequila, which has stimulant effects on your body, but it's still central nervous system depressant. So when you drink, alcohol lowers your anxiety, which if you're naturally anxious, that's why people have the tendency to drink is to relax, quote unquote. So the next day when the depressant wears off, your brain is hyperactive, you're anxious, it makes you moody, irritable, and emotional. All it is, is your neurotransmitters are in balance. Balance, which is literally why people get on antidepressants because of imbalanced neurotransmitters. So it also lowers your inhibition and helps you make mistakes and impulsive decisions. Say things you don't mean, feel emotions that are a result of lack of understanding of the situation. So basically it lowers your understanding. It slows your brain waves down. So you can't understand what's actually happening. So then you see something that's not actually there. You cause fights with people over stuff that they didn't mean because their brain's working slower. It just causes things to happen, right? At the end of the day, it comes down to the alcohol and the inability to read situations when you're drunk. And then your inability to recall and remember them afterwards. So everyone's just confused after. And then that night you don't sleep. So then you don't process any information from that day, which makes you more anxious because you're like, you have no integration from the previous day. So if you're prone to depression, this can literally kick you into a depressive or anxious episode. So after talking about all of this, the fact that alcohol is literally a class one carcinogen, I literally think it's like hilarious. Like why is alcohol such a social and emotional crisis? for so many people. So if everyone knows even half the downsides of drinking, why does society continue to normalize drinking? Literally every occasion, get a new job, let drink to celebrate, lost a loved one, have a drink to relax, get married, raise your drink to the happy couple, your football team made it to the playoffs. Like, do you want to go tailgate? Graduate college, let's celebrate. It's your birthday, let's go to the bar. Christmas, alcoholic eggnog, New Year's Eve parties, Thanksgiving Eve, St. Patty's Day, family reunions, Memorial Day, parties, 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 celebrations. But where do we draw the line? Like, where are you going to put your physical and mental and emotional well-being ahead of these events in the social crutch that we have on alcohol. And can we still party and attend events, but not drink? Obviously, this is a topic that I'm extremely passionate about, and it depends on the person. I feel like I'm going off right now. Like I'm so excited about this topic because it's impacted my life so much. So this truly depends on the person. If you have alcoholism that is triggered by seeing it. So if you see alcohol and you want to drink and you actually have a problem, you've gone to AA or you 
you or you have trouble with balancing alcohol, it's different for everyone. So if you can't see it without wanting to drink, you need to know your triggers and know your limits of where you can go and what you can see without feeling tempted. Also, support is such a big aspect of alcoholism. So if you know that something's going to trigger you, hold yourself accountable to have somebody there and or yourself there to hold yourself accountable. Go to a meeting after, schedule a meeting after. So maybe you can go for one hour and cut it off and go. It depends on you and it depends on your journey with alcohol. But for those that are resonating with this just for the health benefits and for the emotional benefits and don't have dependency issues, that's why I want a disclaimer. If you have trouble with alcohol, do not take this advice. You need to seek medical help and know your triggers and navigate your alcoholism by what works for you. However, if you are here because you are a social creature and alcohol is always around socially and you just want to quit because you want to feel better and that's it, then take this advice. Yes, you can attend events and here is how. All you have to do is build the confidence in yourself to be the same as your drunk self would be if you like your drunk self. If you don't have any anger issues, if you don't have any problems when you're drinking, then cultivate or create whatever feeling that you desire that you normally reach to alcohol for. I'll say that again. Cultivate and create whatever feeling that alcohol gives you and just create it yourself without alcohol. For me, that feeling I desired when going out to parties or bars was to let loose, be silly without fear of judgment. For you, it may be different. So step one is to figure out what do you go to alcohol for? If it is to relax, how can you relax without drinking? So step one is to figure that out for you. For me personally, when I go out, I used to reach to alcohol as a social crutch. So whenever I would feel nervous to small talk or nervous for rejection or of being too weird or too normal or not relating to somebody or not being the life of the party or being the life of the party and being perceived as weird. Basically, it was all centered around people pleasing and how to survive every party at the end of the day. It was like, how can I be someone that these people liked and alcohol helped me? But at the end of the day, how can I be myself and not look for external validation? This was my biggest lessons. And if you're a people pleaser, please, please, please refer to my people pleasing podcast. It is what has helped me on this journey of sobriety and every aspect of my life. So if you are a please are refer to that. So the question is, who did I want to be that alcohol helped me be? For me, it helped me not give a shit and it helped me stop looking for validation. So the question was, how can I do this by myself without alcohol? So I started testing the water being myself without alcohol. And guess what? Everybody loves it. Everybody is drunk. Nobody cares what you're doing. Nobody cares what you're saying. And nobody remembers half of it. So you're actually even more free to be whoever you are than you would be in a normal situation. Let's say you're at a teacher's event. Can you be fully yourself? Not really, you know, like you're with teachers and you're around people that aren't drunk and are fully aware of everything that you're doing. But you're at this bar, everybody's drunk and nobody cares. So literally be whoever you would be when you're drunk without alcohol, if within reason, obviously. So that's my biggest advice. So it's actually a perfect way to practice being yourself at all times because everyone is drunk and I'm gonna keep pushing this out there. So cultivate your inner weirdness and just be yourself. I have found that I'm still the life of the bar because I'm just naturally weird. Okay. At the end of the day, I'm just damn weird and I don't need alcohol to be weird. So why am I going to go there, drink alcohol to be weird when I'm already weird? 
So just like let yourself be you. Let your real self out. Like you don't need alcohol to suppress anything for you to be you. Do you know what I mean? I also drink energy drinks or coffee. So like my second piece of advice is always to have a drink on you. It decreases temptation to drink alcohol because a lot of it is habitual. Like if you have an oral fixation, I know I am ADHD as hell and I always need something on me in my mouth, gum, water, something to drink, X, Y, and Z. Like I just need something near me at all times. If you went to nursing school with me, I was kind of known for having like four drinks on my desk and people would make fun of me because they'd be like, okay, are you going to drink all this? Like, yes, I am because I'm constantly thirsty and I need things near me for comfort. Okay. So at the end of the day, you might just have a nervous fixation drinking something and it doesn't even need to be alcohol. So it decreases your temptation to drink alcohol if you have a drink around. So Red Bull water, kombucha, soda water, whatever it is for you helps me stay hydrated. I don't even get tempted anymore because I feel so good in those situations with Red Bull and I feel so good. And if I'm nervous, I go to the bathroom, whatever, who cares? Take a break. So, and my last piece of advice is, this should actually be my first piece of advice, to remember your why. So why don't you want to drink? Because sometimes in social situations, I can forget like why, right? Like why don't you want to drink? For me, it's because I have a lot of health and fitness goals. I have a lot of physical goals, career goals, career path, passion projects, whatever you want to call them, that are centered around awareness and consistency. And alcohol for me takes away from that. I don't want to waste any days feeling sick or off. So whatever is for you, keep your why because that is the most important part of everything. Keep your why. So why don't you want to drink? Write it on a post and put it on your background of your phone. Remind yourself because the first few times you hang out, you're going to be tempted to drink because you're with your friends and it's habitual. So whenever somebody asks you, remind yourself why you don't want to drink. Do you not want to feel like crap tomorrow? Whatever it is, do you have a problem with drinking? Whatever it is for you, remember your why. Do you destroy relationships? Do you say things you don't mean? Destroy your life. Do you go to work drunk if you start drinking? What is your thing? Does all of your family not want to talk to you anymore when you drink because you're a monster? What is it? Why don't you want to drink? Cultivate your why. Integrate that into your every breath when you're out. If you are in a social environment, if you are around people and they're drinking, have your why ready to rumble, not for anyone else, but for you. Why don't you want to drink? And I'm going to engrave this 15,000 times. It's so important. It's the most important thing I will tell you all day. Cultivate and integrate your why. Why do you not want to drink? That's it. My intention with this podcast, again, is not to convince you into sobriety or tell you to do something that you don't want to do. But my intention is to help bring awareness to how alcohol really might affect you. And I want you to truly determine and to look at if alcohol is serving you physically, emotionally, mentally, career-wise, goal-wise, New Year's resolution-wise, energetically, and determine if that's what you want in your life. If you want to be mediocre, if you want to hang out and chill and have a beer, and then the next day feel like crap, or the next day X, Y, and Z, whatever your why is, then do it. That's fine. But honestly, try to two weeks of sobriety and see how you feel in comparison to when you drink. Not everyone has or feels like crap or has these extreme benefits, but I guarantee you, you have at least one to five main reasons that you will feel better when you don't drink. So I really just do want to emphasize that. This is something that I meant to cover and I didn't, but if your friends, if your family pressures you into drinking, makes fun of you for not drinking, makes a joke, oh, why are you not drinking? You're boring, you're this, you're that. They are not meant to be in your life. 
at the end of the day, if somebody does not support your health, your fitness, what's best for you, and you have a relationship that's created around alcohol that is sabotaging you as a person, your goals, your aspirations, your physical, your mental health, then that is not a friend or a family member that is worth keeping in your life. I realized that as I quit drinking and started the sobriety journey, that some people were just drinking friends. And those are the friends that don't have goals and aspirations. Those are the friends that on the path of creating their highest path and joining on their highest path, they're not on the path of being on their highest path. And that's completely fine. I respect, I love, and I send everyone love on all aspects of my path. But right now I'm on a journey of surrounding myself with people that stepping into their highest path, stepping into their purpose, acting out of intention, acting with awareness. And I'm pretty sure all of my friends drink, but it's just the mindfulness around alcohol that they have. You know, I'm not judging. I'm not creating friendships based off of if you drink or if you don't drink. I don't stop being friends with people because they drink. I create friendships based off purpose and intention and alignment. And if somebody is forcing you to drink, then they are not in alignment with you. And that's it. Or you're not in alignment with them. That's fine. It goes both ways. There's nothing wrong with either path, but just stay in alignment with where you want to be. The people that you surround yourself with at the end of the day are your biggest impactors. You will morph and merge to them unintentionally. So ask yourself if somebody's picking on you, if somebody's making fun of you for not drinking, if somebody stops inviting you somewhere because you don't drink red flags, red flags. If they can't do one sober activity with you, if you have an alcohol, if you struggle with alcoholism and you find that none of your friends will do any sober activities with you, this is for the people that actually really struggle with alcoholism. And this is for the people that struggle with alcoholism so much that they can't be around it or they have a problem with it. If you find that none of the people that you surround yourself with will do any sober activities with you, then that's a sign that they're ready to let go of you because you're ready to let go of them. If being around alcohol takes you off your highest path and they won't be sober around you, that's complete disrespect. And at the end of the day, like you have to monitor who you surround yourself with. And I think I might make a second episode on sobriety because I'm super passionate about and also like a whole nother story aspect, like what I've seen from alcohol in the ICU, in the hospital, and also in my life as a human being. So I might make an extension of this, but at this time, I'm going to wrap this up and say thank you so much for listening. And I really appreciate you guys for being here and supporting me along this journey. And I hope this helps you along your journey because at the end of the day, my purpose, my passion is to help others do what they need to do to step onto their highest path. And sometimes alcohol is not included on people's highest path. And this is why I became sober. And this is why I choose not to drink and I still go out. And I want to give you some tips to do the same if you want to. If you guys are interested in following up with me about this, I have an Instagram, Energy Works by Ashley, E-N-E-R-G-Y Works, W-O-R-K-S by Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y. And then I have a website, energyworksbyashley.com. But if you find my Instagram, my website is linked in my bio. Give me a follow if you're interested in energy work or Reiki and all things healing, yoga and meditation and just self-help. Sending you guys love, sending you guys light. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you so much. Bye.